0: Job. Now the book of Job um, is an interesting book, it's an interesting storyline, a real life story in the life of Job, and really there's almost like two separate storylines going on simultaneously, but there's a storyline that Job knows nothing about. It's kind of like there's this onstage story that Job is involved in, and then there's there's this backstage story that he's totally unaware of. It made me think about uh, several years ago. Uh, Lisa and I we traveled to Las Vegas. Like it's, it was a buck. Like I guess you got to do it at least once. I, I it's funny because we were on the plane and we're sitting next to this young adult guy. You know, he's like, "So Vegas?" I'm like, "Yeah." And he's like, "So you, I mean, you, you party?" And we're like, uh, "I mean, not not a lot." And It's like, "Oh, okay." Oh, you gamble? And we're like, "Well, no, we really haven't." Really, we don't really gamble. He looks at us. He's like, "Why are you going to Vegas?" <laughs> and we're like, "It was a cheap flight, Warm weather, and we heard good restaurants and shows. Well, while we were there, uh, a high school friend of mine, his name is Tony Vergott, Tony, uh, was a lead carpenter at the MGM Grand Hotel. This is the this is an image of the MGM stage where at the time and I think still going is a Cirque du Soleil show called Ka. And uh, Tony found out that we were in Las Vegas, and he's like, "You guys gotta, you guys gotta come over. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a tour." And we did not know what we were in for. Uh, we we walked into the into the theater, and I mean it's just it's it's enormous and, and it's beautiful, and there's all these lights. But what we didn't realize, you know, there, there's some incredible things that happen on the stage, but he gave a, us a tour of backstage. He gave us like a behind-the-scenes look at everything going on that really enables everything to happen on the stage. In fact, you can see it there um, off to the left. You see there's, there's like four stories. So this theater's four stories high, and actually what you what you may not be aware of, is that it goes three stories below as well. In the Cirque du Soleil show, there's this scene where uh, these people kind of come up out of, it looks like, like sand, and what we found out was that's not actually sand, it's cork. It's all this cork that's finely grated up, and, and they, have a, they have a cork cleaner uh, under stage. We, we saw on, on the third level under the stage where the, where the symphony plays all of the music and they're like in this little enclosed box. We're thinking about putting Spencer in one of those just like we put our drummer in one. It was incredible. We, we saw the, the fitting room and, and where, where, they, where they hand sew some of, the, some of the elaborate outfits and shoes that, that the Cirque du Soleil team uh, wears. It was unbelievable to to get a glimpse behind the scenes backstage. And in the story of Job, there's a whole other storyline occurring behind the scenes that Job is completely aware of. But let's start and look at this book, and and we're entitling this, this message, A Journey Towards Wisdom. And we want to learn some things that Job learned, and so that maybe we don't have to learn them the hard way we can learn them from his life and his story. So let's start, and, and, and we're on stage now, and it's like there's a narrator that comes out and he kind of introduces the storyline. Job 1, 1-3 says, There once was a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. Not to be conflu- confused with the land of Oz. Uh, he was blameless. A man of complete integrity. He feared God and he stayed away from evil. Wow, what an, like, isn't that what you'd want written on your epitaph? Nowhere in Scripture is there this kind of holistic description of a man like Job, blameless, complete integrity. That is, his outside life matched his inward life. He was who he was at all times and he feared God and he stayed away from evil. This is is the main character, really, of this story. And it says he had seven sons and three daughters, ten kids in total. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen, 500 female donkeys. He also had many servants. He was, in fact, the richest person in that entire area. Job was rich, and he wasn't just rich in wealth and money he was rich in relationships a family 10 children i just had both of our girls home for thanksgiving and i felt like the wealthiest man in the world like just to have that time right and and he he was wealthy because of all the things that he had and he was he was rich in character this is what we know about job so far in the story and then it goes on it says job's sons would take turns preparing feasts in their homes and they would also invite their, their sisters to, to celebrate with them. And when these celebrations ended, sometimes after several days, it says Job would purify his children. He would get up early in the morning, and he would offer a burnt offering for each of them. Now, pause there, because Job was living under the Old, Old Testament system of law. And, and when somebody sinned, when somebody did something wrong, they would have to sacrifice an animal and the blood of that sacrifice would, would be a covering over their sin. And Job was so concerned about his children's lives and their, their walk of, of faith and their integrity, it says that Job would go, get up early in the morning and he would make sacrifices on behalf of his children. Now, I'm not telling the dads in the room to go out and, you know, yeah, sacrifice a lamb, but but man, there's some good wisdom here for all of us in the room to, to be interceding on behalf of our kids, right? And it says, uh, Job said to himself, Perhaps my children have sinned and they've cursed God in their hearts. This is why he was making sacrifices on their behalf. He was concerned about their walk of faith. And it's interesting that Job's concern there maybe the, they've cursed God, maybe they've sinned and they've cursed God in their hearts. While this is his concern for them, really the overriding theme of the entire book of Job is not, will Job's kids sin and curse God? It's really the question of, with all that is going to come Job's way in hardship and pain and suffering, will Job sin against God and curse God? In his heart. And it says that this was Job's regular practice. This wasn't just a one time thing. This is who Job was constantly coming before God on behalf of his family, living as a man of integrity, uprightness, blameless. That's on stage. Now let's go backstage, behind the scenes. Remember, Job has no idea that this too is happening. It says one day the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the lord and the accuser satan came with them where have you come from the lord asked satan and satan answered i've been patrolling the earth watching everything that's going on and i love this it says then the lord asked satan have you noticed my servant job it seems as if there was like a, a pride In the heart of God, for his servant Job, that lived blamelessly, that walked uprightly, that was a man of integrity, that prayed consistently daily for his family. God says about Job, he's the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity, and he fears God and stays away from evil. It's one thing to have other people say those kinds of things about you. It's a whole other thing to have the God of creation say those kinds of things about you. So so God says, Satan, have you you noticed Job like this guy? He loves me and he serves me. Well, Satan replies, yes, uh, Job has good reason to fear God. You've always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property You made him prosper in everything that he does. Look how rich he is. And then Satan says, but reach out and take everything that he has and he will surely curse you to your face. What's God going to do? Verse 12. All right, God says, you may test him. Do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but don't harm him physically. And so it says Satan left the Lord's presence. One writer puts it this way that Satan is on a leash. Notice he had to report to God and get permission to God to do anything to Job. But it's a long leash. And here, God kind of lets the leash out on Satan to go after Job and all that he has. But it's still a leash. So that was backstage. Remember, Job has no idea that this is going on. Job is just out there living his life, following God, fearing God, being a man of integrity and character. And we can't, we can't go through all of it. Let me just summarize this, what happens in cha- just in chapter 1 alone after God gives permission to Satan to go after Job. All of Job's servants are murdered. Not only that, all of Job's animals, remember there was like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. They're either stolen or killed. This is all in like a matter of a few verses, okay? Job's house collapses in a violent storm. On top of that, all ten of Job's Job's children were in that house and perished. Can you imagine? we think we have it bad we had a rough day or we're going through a tough time I think about the stuff that Lisa and I have been through as a family with our son Carter and yet man at least we still have him and everything is stripped from Job's life so what's Job going to do It says, Job stood up and he tore his robe in grief. It wasn't that he wasn't upset. There was deep grief. It says, then he shaved his head, but he fell to the ground in worship. And he says, I came naked from my mother's womb and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away. Nevertheless, praise the name. Of the Lord. And it says, And in all this, Job did not sin by blaming God. Wow. <laughs> at his faith. At his integrity. At his character. At its best. Well, let's go backstage. Satan has watched all this occur, and he thought he was going to really get at Job, and God says, You know what? Go ahead, test my servant, and and you'll see how he stands the test, and, and so backstage, this is all happening now Satan goes to the Lord, he says, "Skin for skin, a man will will give up everything he has to save his own life, but reach out and take away his health, and he will surely curse you to his face so so Satan looks at, at God and says, "Yeah, I know he, he didn't he didn 't cave on you yet he didn't curse you yet, God." But that's just because i've taken all this stuff but if you let me lay a hand on job himself if you let me affect his personal well-being and health then then he is going to curse you to your face god and over the next several chapters these this is the list of things that job faces emaciated body shriveled swollen eyes boils on the skin fever, unsightly appearance, itchy skin, diarrhea, con- uh, constant aching, and bad breath. <laughs> like Job is just whittling down to nothing. His, his physical life is being stripped from him, and some of you in the room, you've been in that spot. Or you, you have a loved one, that their physical abilities are being just stripped of them and you're watching them in pain and suffering. And this is where Job is at. He's lost all that he has and now his very life seems to be slipping away. And then, then he takes a hit from his own wife. His wife said to him, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. And we can, we can judge his wife, and yet, remember, she's not seeing anything that's happening behind the stage, behind the scenes. She doesn't know that God is orchestrating and overseeing this whole entire thing, and it's a grand test of Job's faith and of hers, and she's ready to cave. She's ready to call it quits. She's ready to look at her husband and, and just say, man, are you still trying to be a person of integrity and character? Just give up already curse God. If this is how God treats us, curse him and just die. So so Job doesn't just take a hit in his health. He doesn't lose all that he has. Now he's taking a hit from the person that's supposed to be his closest companion and confidant. What's he going to do? Well, well, it's it's a it's a, it's a story. It's a, it's a show. It's a, and we've been on stage for a few moments, and, and so now it's, it's, it's almost time for intermission. And look at what Job responds to his wife with. You talk like a foolish woman. He said, should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? He says, so in all this, Job said nothing. Nothing. He keeps his integrity, he keeps his faith, but job, job has lost so much, so we're at intermission. Let's just breathe for a moment. This is a heavy story. You know, just like job, who lost his family, there's probably people in the room that this Thanksgiving there was an empty chair at the table and and there's been a loss, or you're approaching. Christmas and there's going to be an empty chair at the table, and you may not know what it feels like to lose ten children, but but you've lost somebody important in your life this year, or maybe over the last couple years, and you know that the holidays are always more difficult. Um, so for our intermission, I just want to share an opportunity for you. This year, we're trying something new at the chapel, brand new opportunity uh, that we're calling blue christmas blue christmas is a is a night of remembrance it's a night to come together on tuesday night the week of christmas um it'll happen at our sandusky location it's the first time we're trying this so we're just trying it at one location but everybody's invited and if you've lost a loved one um over the last years years uh and you need a place to remember, to, to, to grieve, maybe a pra- place to remember and celebrate their life, um, we want to invite you to come to Blue Christmas. It's going to happen just that evening, 6 to 7.30. It's open to the whole family. We'll gather together just for a few moments to recognize that we're, we're, we're not alone in loss and in grief. And, and then you'll have the opportunity to travel to multiple different stations. This is open to kids, families, individuals. Everybody is invited. And at some of these stations, you'll, you'll, partip, you'll participate as you want to. You don't have to go to all of them. You can just do one, or you don't have to do any of them. But there's some special stations where you'll be able to float around and just have some ways to remember, to, write, to, to create a little ornament with your loved one's name, that you'll be able to take home with you, to hang on your tree, to continue to remember them at Christmas. Or to enter into a room and be, be prayed for by some of our prayer team or elders, if you wish. Or, or to be able to uh, take a moment and to light a candle, representing your prayers for other people, other families, because you'll, you'll see you're not alone, and there's others that hurt and grieve at Christmas. And you can just light a candle and take a moment to pray for others, Because sometimes it's really important for us to get our eyes, our hearts, our minds even off of our own pain and grief and bear somebody else's burden. And in doing so, it will even help us and release something in us. There will even be a station where kids can come and they can draw a picture to Papa or, or create a little memory bracelet of their grandpa or grandma or their parent that passed away. So I hope that you'll make that a priority um, and if you know somebody that that might be beneficial towards, would you invite them to Blue Christmas? If you, if you want out at the Welcome Center today, there's some Blue Christmas cards. It explains a little bit more of the experience and what you can anticipate and uh, will be a good reminder. Uh, so be with us for Blue Christmas. All right, that's intermission. Let's go back on stage, okay? Back on stage. What's, what's going to happen next in Job's story? Remember, God's, God's given Satan permission to, to go at Job himself, and he's stripped him of all, 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 all of his health, and now Job himself is suffering deeply. And I'm sure Job, like any normal person, would have been asking the question, why, why, why? And if it wasn't already enough that he would take a hit in his health and take a hit from his own wife, now, as he's asking the question why, God just seems to go absolutely silent. And the only people that start to speak up are Job's friends. And you think, oh good, at least he's not alone in this. And, and for a few days, several days, uh, they just sit, they did the right thing. They just sat and they wept with Job. But then curiosity and wonder and questioning and doubts started to fill even Job's closest of friends' minds and hearts, and they're seeing him, seeing him go through all of this suffering, and he's asking, why, why, why? And they start giving some suggestions. They say things like, Job, obviously you're being punished for offending God. You've offended God. You better apologize to him. You better confess your sin. <laughs> Thanks, friend, Right? Or they say things like, Job, oh, God wouldn't let bad things happen to a, to a good person, implying you must have done something wrong to deserve all this punishment. And this was kind of the normal way that people dealt with pain and trials and judgment in their day, that they thought that if you were sick or you were going through a hardship, that obviously God or the gods were angry at you. And sometimes that's how we live in this world, don't we? We... we we might not say it this way, but we believe in this kind of unidentified karma, like, oh, well, she's getting it. She must have done something wrong. But see, we know what was happening behind the scenes, don't we? And as Job's friends are accusing him, you know, we want to shout out and be like, no, <laughs> this has nothing to do with Job. He's righteous, he's a man of integrity. He he faithfully prayed for his children. There's something going on behind the scenes that you don't know about, we would say to his friends. But Job just takes another hit, another hit, another hit. So the question is, what's Job going to do? And the question is, what do we do? Or what will we do when everything is stripped from us? Maybe it's a, a relationship, maybe it's a job, maybe it's, maybe it's our physical health. What do we and i love what we do with our faith and i love the honesty of job and we we get glimpses of how he was feeling in this moment and his prayers before his god he says things like may the day of my birth perish and the night that said a boy is conceived job was like i wish i would have never been born if this is going to be in my life. Job prayed things like, why have you made me your target, God? Have I become a burden to you? Maybe some of, somebody in the room has felt like, what is wrong with me, God? What? Why are you doing this to me? At least that's what we felt, and that's what Job felt, and yet we know God, God wasn't the one that placed the target. Satan was the one that was attacking. Yes, God was still in control, and he was allowing it. Or maybe Job 10.3, does it please you to oppress me, to spurn the work of your hands while you smile on the schemes of the wicked? Job was like, man, it feels like all the wicked just are, are, are prospering and being blessed, and here I have, I have... Tried to kept my integrity? And this is what I get for it. And yet we get glimpses of Job's heart and Job's faith. Even in chapter 13, verse 15, he says, Hey, though he slay me, even if God takes my very life, he says, I will hope in him. I will not give up but he had said some hard things to God and God has been silent. And then the Bible says that God spoke and God speaks from a whirlwind, it says. In verse two, it says, who is that that questions my wisdom with such ignorant words? Brace yourself like a man, Job, because I found some questions. I have some questions for you and you must answer them. God is about to put Job back into his place and show him what place God has in the universe? He says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. How, who determined its dimensions and stretched out its surveying line? Can you shout to the clouds and make it rain? Can you make lightning appear and cause it to strike as you direct? Who gives intuition to the heart and instinct to the mind, Job? Is it your wisdom, Job, that makes the hawk soar and spread its wings towards the south? Is it at your command that the eagle rises to the heights and makes its nest, Job? (laughs) And then he finishes, are you as strong as God? Can you thunder with a voice like his? All right then, put on your glory and spender, your honor and your majesty, Job. God puts Job in his place. So what's Job going to do? And Job responds, you said, listen, and I will speak. I have some questions for you, and, and you must answer them. I had only heard about you before, but now, Job says, I have seen you with my own eyes. I take back everything that I said, and I sit in dust and ashes to show my repentance. Now, what's interesting is we, you see, we have the blessing of knowing the whole story. And, and, Job's, and later in Job's life, Job, God blesses Job so incredibly. He becomes wealthier than he ever was. God restores his family and brings him 10 more children. But before God did anything more to bless Job, these are Job's words. Job repents and says, listen, I, I spoke of things that I know nothing of. And I repent. Forgive me, God. So, there's two lessons that I want us to walk away from the story of Job and the wisdom of Job. Number one is there is an order in the universe, and we cannot generalize from our personal pain that it is otherwise. God was pointing to the order of the universe and that He was the one ordering all things. And sometimes when we're going through pain and suffering and loss, we feel like it's all so random. Like, why and what is this about and is there any point to this? And because we have a relationship with the God that created us and loved us and ultimately is in charge, we can know that there still is some sort of point. There is still some sort of purpose in the pain and in the loss. And lesson number two, God can use trials to build spiritual depth into our lives that would not happen otherwise. Job said, Listen, I knew about you before, but now I have seen you face to face. If you've never been through real hardship or suffering, I don't wish it on anyone. But at the same time, I will say, without pain and suffering, you could be missing out. You could be missing out on a glimpse of God that you've never had before. You could be missing out on a closeness to your creator that only comes in the midst of hardship and suffering. And so if it comes and when it comes, don't run from it. Just embrace it and know that God will be with you and that he's writing a whole other story. I love the way D.A. Carson puts it. He says, in the darkest night of our soul, we have something to hold on to that Job never knew. We know Christ and we know Christ crucified. Christians have learned that when there seems to be no other evidence of God's love, they cannot escape cross. And I don't know what you've gone through or what you will go through, but I hope you know this, that no matter what you face, no matter how hard it might get, no matter how, it, how much it does not make any sense, and this is what has held us together, I just know that my Jesus went to a cross And was punished brutally and gave his life away for me. And nobody has ever loved me like that. So no matter what happens in my life, no matter what happens in your life, we have proof from the cross that God is still in control and that God does love us no matter what. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you that you love us. God, for people in the room that have suffered great hardship and losses, would you tend to their hearts and their souls and their hurts and their pain? God, would you give us courage? Would you give us character? Would you make us men and women of integrity that with Job can say, even if he slays me, I will yet praise him would you receive glory and honor, God, even in and through our sufferings. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Have a great rest of your weekend.